When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are live. Hey, how about you, everybody? Welcome into the third episode of the Auburn Live on 3 Recruiting Call-In Show. I am your host, Jeffrey Lee, Senior Recruiting Editor for Auburn Live on 3. And I'm joined tonight by um, two of the guys who's going to help a- answer everyone's questions, throw some analysis in there. Uh, I've got Mr. J-Head in the top right. How you doing, Mr. J-Head? Doing good, brother. Glad to be Excellent. here. Great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks in a row. Hopefully, my mic works. My the uh, my picture works. So, uh, looking forward to tonight's college show. Looking forward to see what everybody's got to say. Excellent, Cole Pinkston, Auburn Live on Three recruiting analyst. How you doing, big dog? Doing awesome, man. Doing awesome. Uh, I got here a little late. You sound but like it, made it. Made it for the live. So here we go. You 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 are jumping off the screen with energy. Yeah, and yeah. let me. Let, I need to go pull up the YouTube page. I, I should have had that up already. Anyways, guys, if you're just joining us this week, we uh, we want to make this show all about the subscribers, the listeners, answer all your questions, let you guys dictate the topics of conversation, and we will jump right into it tonight. If you're not a subscriber to Auburn Live on Three, you really should be, man, and you're missing out. We've got it all over on the site, about eight bucks and thirty-three cents a month, cheaper than two gallons of gas, no doubt, no doubt. I'm working my way over to the comment section, man. Hey, uh, Zach, you've got a. I wanted to give her a number out, man. There it goes. There you go. Okay. All right. I had to, I had to beat that, man. I'm busy uh, day. Anyways, give us a call, man. We're, we're going to answer some questions in our comments page on, on the YouTube page. But uh, we love to uh, to exchange pleasantries with our listeners as well as answer some questions. So give us a call, 701-701, I should say. It's not a letter. 701-779-9585. was a – ooh, was that, was that Tiffin's kick? You know, I think so. I think that's Van Tiffin's kick. Not exactly sure, Jay Lee. Don't quote me on that. I'm not the historian here. That's for sure. Well, <laughs> well, I, I'm going to body slam that because if that that was the year Bo Jackson won the Heisman Trophy. There you go. Yeah, that's what the '85. That's what mattered. Heisman. That's what mattered more, right? There you go. All right, here we go. All right, go Warrior. Go jumping in there right off the bat. Go Warrior. Eagle wants a re- record prediction. Recruiting call-in show, but we, we we do football as well, team stuff as well. Record prediction. This is I've been thinking about this, and so I, I've kind of wanted to touch on this. And we've have in the past a little bit, but I've thought more and more about it. So uh, go go or Eagle wants to know a, a record prediction for this year's team. What freshman will have most impact? Uh, I like Camden Brown. Go or Eagle. So do I. Uh, but I will start with Jay Hedge. Have you been thinking about a, a record prediction? We went actually went over the schedule. 
I don't remember if it was on the Shrivel Pod last week or if it was on the call-in show, but we went over the record, and I've pro- that's probably triggered me to think more about it. What do you think? I know Vegas has Auburn at six and a half. Are you taking the over on that, Jayhead? Taking the over. I'm taking. I'm going seven and five. At eight and five, if you count the bowl game, that's where I'm at Absolutely. this year. Looking at that schedule, I feel like there's going to be a game we're going to drop in that first group and that first five, unfortunately. And then I think we're going to squeeze out three more wins throughout the season. I don't buy the hype on Arkansas. I just don't. I think we get them at home and we're going to slant. We're going to put them in, stuff them in the locker. Um, I feel like we're going to get one of the Mississippi schools on the road. I think that's going to happen. So, and then though, obviously, Western Kentucky would be your last game as far as that's concerned. So, I'm going seven and five, eight and five if you count a bowl game. That's where I'm at with it. Cole, I'm going to say real quick that I, that's Jay Head, that's exactly how I have it seven and five with a with, with an eight bowl win. I, I really do. I, I think eight wins. Um, that that's 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 where I came across. Cole, are you uh, you taking the over on six and a half? And Jay, yeah, I am putting it at seven and a half and taking the over. I am, I'm gonna go with eight wins. Whoa. I'm going to step up from y'all. Okay. <laughs> eight, reg- eight, uh, eight regular season wins. Eight regular season. And that's mm. – um, I think it's seven somewhere between seven and eight. I think y'all are about right there uh, with my line of thinking. So, yeah, I, I'm going to go with eight wins. I think Auburn steals one of those home games against – one of those early home games against LSU and Penn State. He, they get one of them, I think. I'll go with Penn State. I say they get that one. You know, I could see Auburn winning a game they weren't supposed to, but I could also see them losing a game they should have yeah. won. Uh, I think yeah, it kind of balances yeah. out. Uh, I, that's why. I, that's why I settled on seven regular season wins. Man, you know the new trend right now I've heard is is San Jose State could be an upset. Have y'all been hearing this? Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I, okay. I, they they say it could be the next uh, Georgia State kind of game, right? It's possible. Sure. Um, Tough, gritty team. I think they won 11 games uh, two years back or something of that nature. I think they took a step back last year. But they're a team, and I think where a lot of this comes from is it's a team that's very familiar with what Harson wants to do on offense and defense. So from playing each other in the Mountain West, schematically they're not going to be that much different, so they're going to be well prepared on that front. Um, some veteran talent on that team could give Auburn some trouble if we're not prepared to go. I think a lot of people think, okay, you're going to be overlooking them going into the Penn State game going to have a lot of apples in that basket. I don't see that. I think Harson knows every win matters on this schedule this year, and I think we're going to be well-prepared and to blow their ass out of the water, but that's just me. You know what I mean? That's kind of how I see that. I'll tell you what, J-Head, listening to that podcast, um, for a guy that's supposedly on the hot seat, supposedly got all the pressure in the world on top of him, dude sounds pretty relaxed to me. I mean, he's got he's got to feel better about his quarterback situation right now, I would think. So maybe that's the deal. I don't know. He just sounds like he's pretty relaxed to me. I, I think it's the chemistry on staff, if I'm being completely honest. I think having his guys in the coordinator positions another year with guys like Zach Etheridge, you brought in a guy like C-Rob that he seems to bond with very well, Jimmy Brumbaugh, yeah. handful of other guys that just seem to mesh with the identity and the culture of what Coach Harson wants within that staff. And if you have that connectivity, that just breeds comfort, and that's important for this coaching staff to have success. So that's, I think that's kind of what I think, it, you know, with probably familiarity with the whole roster. You know I mean, the whole setup is so different. A year ago, he's coming into this situation, never been in the SEC, flying blind on recruiting, flying blind on what you know expectations from the Auburn fan base, 
Right. Now he's had a full year to kind of fully immerse himself into this. He understands what he's up against. He's got his guys in his back pocket that he's going to war with. So I think it just makes a more comfortable situ- situation all the way around. Yeah, that's probably it. I agree. I, I, I like what I've seen um, at, at the athletic complex, the few times I've been over there, just the uh, the general feel. Uh, I feel like it's a totally different vibe, as the kids would say, this year. <laughs> hey, 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 what's going on over there? Uh, anyways, so, hey, Decatur 97, Decatur Tiger 97, loyal listener, man. We appreciate you coming back. Derek? Welcome, big dog. Triple J, welcome. First live performances. Uh, Russell Shoemake, how about you? Tuesdays are always good fun. We like, we love you, Russell. Okay, here, Jeremiah Cobb. This is um, one that I have been – JP wants to know Jeremiah Cobb, the running back from Montgomery, come, uh, OV coming anytime soon. I think so. I thought so. He's being very he's, – he's being very uh, – I think he wants to like be the one that announces the visit, the the visit, the his visits. Yeah, I I really think he's going to visit sometime in June. At least I think that's the hope, and that was kind of the plan. I mean, I, I what was this May? Back in April, I was working with him back and forth on when he what what his date was for his official visit. So I'm expecting it sometime in June. I think the reason we haven't heard anything about it is he's being a little stingy with the intel. And that's him. I mean, yeah. that's, that's his prerogative. Yeah. It, uh, it's very, it's very possible too that guys like Jeremiah Cobb, who can just make a, you know, twenty minute, thirty minute trip up to Auburn, aren't too worried about setting an OV right now. Same thing with Carmelo English. I mean, the dude, you know, they've been there a bunch of times. They may be thinking about trying to expand, trying to get a good little trip out of an OV. So, probably going on an OV to Auburn is not in the front of their mind right now. With it being the summer and all that. And you also have to remember Big Cat Weekend's coming up at the end of July. you got to expect both of those cats to be there. Sure. Carmelo English right down the road, Jeremiah Cobb right down the other way, right down the interstate. So I would expect both of those guys. And I honestly believe they'll come back before then. Um, yeah, yeah, I do too. But uh, Stephen Kerr, welcome. There's oh Tyler Justice. Look at here. Hey. Oh Tyler. Not on the phone. She didn't. Uh, she didn't want to call in again this week. Hey, <laughs> Anubis, six forty-seven. So Tamarian Parker got a feeling insert again. Might have dodged a bullet. You know, uh, I did a story on him back in early April, and he was just blown away by Jimmy Brumbaugh coming to his practice and just went went on and on about how Auburn was back in it for him. And then I called him about a week or two ago, and. I don't want to say anything bad about the kid, man. He, he he's he must be getting a lot of attention, or he's paying a lot more attention to other schools because he's he's uh, he's frustrated with Auburn that they only came to one of his practices, and the practice that they came to wasn't in full pads. I mean, he's got like a list of criteria that he expects his expectations for these coaches, and Auburn apparently didn't meet it. So yes, Anubis, that's uh, I, I feel like that's done. I really do. I feel like. Jay Head, I think you posted on the corner today. At some point, you got to cut your losses. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, sure. sure. You got to say, we're going to go spend our time elsewhere. Right. I mean, listen, there's multiple other edge targets on the board that we can focus on as far as that's concerned. If TJ Parker is not feeling Auburn, then read the room, realize what you're stacked up against, and move on. Look, Rico Walker just got an offer. Fantastic athlete, fantastic player. I'd much rather spend my time investing in that recruitment 
than I would with TJ Parker fighting and losing back. So yeah, he's, a, he's a legacy too. Yeah, legacy recruit. Why not? Okay, there's Isaiah Nixon, and it's on the board. Obviously, Keldrick Falk's on the board. Multiple other defensive linemen and edge targets that we can focus on that are really good players. And this is not a slight on TJ Parker. He's a fantastic football player. Would love to have him. But I also want people that want to invest in Auburn. And if he's wanting to pay attention to negative recruiting that's being provided by Alabama with regard to the staff, or if he is feeling some of these other schools that are in his recruitment a little bit more, great. More power to you. Moving on. Going to to find the next guy. That's just how I feel about it. I I do too. I I do too. I I feel like it's just been such a roller coaster with him. It's like, I I thought you said it best today on the corner, Jay. Just, you know, it's time to move on. Both, both parties. Yeah. Time to move on. Um, Anubis has got another one here. Thoughts on Harson's new podcast. Cole, you were a, uh, you're a big fan. Yeah. How 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 do you think it's effective recruiting? You think the recruits will get on there and be able to, what do you think about that? Well, I mean, I I would have said before, maybe not much. But now that it's number one on Apple, whatever yeah. sport, I mean, it's going to make some rounds, you know, especially when episode two drops because everybody's like, wow, I mean, you know, let's, let's hear some more from this. Is he going to keep it going? I mean, it's interesting, right? I, I don't know another head coach that does something like that. And uh, that, you know, if, if you're trying to – he sounded more comfortable than I expected, if I'm being honest. And that's not a shot at him or anything, but it's like he was um, just – it's like he's just laid back, just chilling, um, you know, with his buddy Eric Keesaw, and they're just talking and talking about how things went when they started coaching. And I, I think if if a, if a recruit stumbles across that, it might be – it would at least get their interest in him. Um, maybe not Auburn so much, but more so him. Hey, I would like to get to know that coach a little bit. He's pretty cool. And he's a head coach. That's awesome, you know. So I think it's, I think it's a great move, great PR move. For the record, Josh Pate from 24-7 uh, did a screenshot today on Twitter, and Brian Harson Huddled with Harse was the number one football podcast in the world, ahead of Colin Coward, ahead of oh, Josh Pate, who's got a kick-ass show over there at 24-7 oh, yeah. CBS. So, uh, damn, I mean, he, he must have had some listeners. I'm, you're, and you're well, talking national guys. Not to mention, I mean, he, they have a lot of NFL ties, both of those guys. I mean, they've – They've coached a lot of guys, recruited a lot of guys that are in the pros now, and they got you to talk about Brian, about Brian Harson and Eric Keesaw. And Eric Keesaw, yeah, Brian Harson and Eric Keesaw both have coached a lot of guys that are in the pros. They got to talking about Deshaun Jackson and Aaron Rodgers and how that came about and and how he played video. Eric Keesaw played video games in his house, and that's what won him over. And he's thought about that in every recruitment. I mean, that's great stuff, man. That's that's the kind of stuff that you want to know about your head coach that you never would know, right? 100%. I mean, I think the great thing about it is, and Jay Lee can probably talk about this more than I can, but back in the day, you guys used to be able to go into the football complex and strike up a conversation with the coaching staff. Just used to be able to go in there and talk to Terry Price or talk to Will Muschamp or, you know, really get a feel for me. And you would hear stories like that, right? Yeah. That's what that podcast reminded me of, is just a coach having a conversation, a casual conversation, and being able to share his thoughts and philosophies and just some war stories. And it was really great because I think anytime you can give transparency into your program, sure, yeah. it creates buy-in for a fan base. Right. He badly needs buy-in all the way around. We need wins on the recruiting trail. We need wins recruiting our alumni. We need wins recruiting, you know, our BOT. Yeah. I yep. think it was a, I think it was a grand slam. 
that's the world we're in now, right? Got to have the PR. It's all about the PR. Steve, Stephen Kerr's uh, definitely a fan. He said he listened to it today, and uh, worth a listen. Uh, oh, Big Pat, Cole, remember Big Pat from Tailgate? Yeah, Big Pat, man. You know Big we're Pat. gonna stop by the tailgate because absolutely. That's uh, that's what we do. Big Pat, <laughs> Decatur ninety seven is jumping back in here. Any new intel on Charlie Jones from Iowa? From Iowa, and uh, Decatur. I, I I briefly touched on this today, Charlie. And even when I talked to him last week, he was like, "Look, dude, I, I want to keep this pretty quiet." Um, my entire recruitment and so he gave me some uh he gave me enough to get a story and he he said i'm definitely interested in auburn i'll just leave it that and we talked some off the record and i will say that i checked into charlie jones last night um and auburn feels like they're in the top two with him and i didn't get who the other school which which, which school was the other top two but auburn feels like they're in the top two with him he is a transfer wide receiver, return specialist from Iowa who has one year to play. Is that right? Yes, one year to play. He's a grad transfer. Yeah. He's got his COVID year to play. He's got prior relationship with Rock Bell and Tony from their times at the uh, Buffalo. Yep. So, uh, Decatur, my thing is um, next for me as far as that concern, as far as I'm concerned is, are, is he going to visit? That, that's the next step. And if not, then we can move on. And if so, then you can, you know, uh, DEFCON 9 over here. <laughs> I mean, he, you know what I mean? He's not coming down here. He, he, he's he got one year left. And really, for a wide receiver, and uh, Jason Caldwell and I were in BMAT was talking about this Sunday. It's, uh, you talk about a wide receiver with only one year left to play. They they, they kind of want to know who the quarterback's going to be, right? Yep, 100%. And so I think Auburn, to have a chance with a wide receiver like that, has got to get him on campus, has got to show him what they've got. Uh, in the quarterback room and what their plans are for him and using him in any way possible, right? G- getting the most out of the uh, most out of him as they can. Yes, definitely. How about you, Big Blake? Trey Mack, any chance? Trey Mack, is any chance Auburn pursues DT Darrell Mil- Middleton? I saw you got a UGA offer. I'm not familiar with him. He transfer portal guy from West Virginia. Okay. Um, yeah, no, haven't heard that name. Uh, it's possible. I mean, they wanted, you know, they wanted some help on the defensive front and got Morris Joseph to kind of round out the portal class besides grad transfers. But he's a one-year guy, so they could they could still be looking to add depth there too. I, but I haven't heard his name though uh, yet. Look, any one-year with them waving the twenty-five, any one-year guy, I think the staff is interested in. If I'm being, if they can play, and obviously it was big getting Mojo. Okay. But we can obviously use some more talent as far as that's concerned, especially if you're missing guys on the edge like we are. That gives you the ability to play more guys on the edge like a Colby Wooden, and then you can slide a Middleton in there. So it, it provides you some depth if you have some extra defensive line guys in this class if we can't land another edge. I'll tell so you I, what, um, Jay Head, don't mean to cut you off there. If they were to get Daryl Middleton, if they were to go after him, you've got – Jeffrey Emma, Jason Jones, Daryl Middleton, and all those guys are six seven and over, well over three hundred. <laughs> we <Be> crazy. <laughs> and and uh, who was the uh, the three technique that Auburn it, at the same time was recruiting Morris Joseph? And uh, shit, did he visit or he didn't visit? I think he no, got, I, was he from West Virginia. The the junior college kid. Um, yeah. Oh he, uh, yeah, Taylor Lewis. Yeah, committed. Taylor Lewis. There you go. Oh Lord. 
Okay. Good for him. Um, F. Scott <laughs> Fitzbeagle, Jay Head wants to, Jay Head to know that his uh, audio is much better this week. I completely agree. Uh, yeah. I, w- I wonder what Scott Fitzbeagle did to you. He says, F him. F. Scott Fitzbeagle. Oh! <laughs> Brian Harson's back on the show tonight. Well, can't confirm. We have secured Charlie Jones. Thanks, Brian Harson. You heard it right here first, man. Hey, all right. Oh, Ben Cowley. It's time to celebrate. Ben Cowley. How about you, Ben Cowley? What's the balance like for focus focusing on the current class while still offering and recruiting the next classes that affect the takes in current classes? No. I wouldn't think so. No. Definitely not. The balance, though, is getting ahead. I mean, we I, I just posted before we came on the show uh, Auburn offering a Florida wide receiver who's just finished the ninth grade class of 2025 uh, wide receiver from Florida. And another thing I did before the show is, and we we can, we can touch more on this uh, on the Shriver pod Thursday, but Auburn's got a Juco wide receiver coming in. He's a mid-year guy. He's coming in next week. His name is Samaj James. Okay. Samaj. That's James backwards, by the way. Damn, it is. (laughs) I saw that. I was like, man, that's like a mirror image or something. It's crazy. (laughs) It's like race car. (laughs) (laughs) Is it? It is. Is it? Let me write that down. uh, Here you go. I I got the word for that. It's a palindrome. Palindrome. Yeah, there you go. I got a few things. I I got a few things. You know, you are. You are, Cole. You smarter than Jay Hid looks. Mm. <laughs> well, thank God, right? <laughs> Easy, baby. Easy. The pixelation the past few weeks were your friend. Hey, <laughs> I'm just taking it tonight. Listen, last week, Jessica said, why are you calling him cute and straight? <laughs> <laughs> so I had to come back this week. There you go. Uh, there you go. My, 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 my dominant heterosexuality. Hey, look, oh. man. <laughs> oh, oh man, baby. Oh, man. I hear you. Jareo. <laughs> Jareo. Heard anything about Big Cat Weekend? Yeah, not much. Only that it's going to be that last weekend in July, probably around 25, 30 guys. Probably going to have some underclassmen come in, too, but mostly going to be top 20, 23 guys. Georgia, uh, Alabama is probably going to be the main focus on these guys coming over for an unofficial visit. Um, be a big weekend right there. Oh, those are Corey. Uh, Eber, Eber, the the W is silent. He pronounces it Eber. <laughs> I'm just messing with Corey. He is uh, actually related to uh, Chris from Michigan. Yeah, Chris definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Spelled different, but definitely um, related. <laughs> a little bit uglier than Chris. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, this is a good one. Stereotypical Auburn fan. I'll take this because I saw it today. KJ uh, Evans, chances with Kwame Evans. Will be one of the biggest recruiting wins in Auburn basketball history if Bruce somehow pull it off. I mean, I feel like Bruce has pulled off biggest recruiting wins yeah. in Auburn basketball history <laughs> yeah. in the last five years. Uh, I, I, don't, I, I know, I know, West Flanagan's working that hard. I think he was set to visit back in April, um, not set to visit, but he had decided he was going to visit. So we're just kind of pulling out the dates on figuring out the dates when they're going to bring that in. As of last night, Auburn basketball didn't have any official visits locked in for the month of June, but. Uh, Bay Fall, Asan, uh, his buddy Asan, uh, I think he's a 2024. Bay Fall's like a top 23 guy. Kwame Evans, top 2023 20, 20, guy. 
So they're going to have some visits in June, just haven't locked in the dates yet. That should be, that's going to be some news trickling out over the next few days. I'm definitely going to be on top of that. Kwame Evans is on my list of guys to track. Uh, you, go ahead, Jay. I'm sorry. You want to be mind blown? I mean, absolutely mind blown. Go and look at the Mustafa Heron recruitment on in Bruce's tenure. And you look, and we're setting a new high pretty much every other year as far as re- the Jeff Lebo and Tony Barber areas. I swear, Jeffrey, it's just a litany of no stars and three stars and Juco prospects. <laughs> and I'm and not Cavani Barber. Yes, and Cavani Barber, bless his soul. Frankie yeah. Tolbert with that, you know, that one missing finger. Yeah, extra. Oh, yeah. And, Frank Tolbert, yeah. And, and listen, Frankie's from my part of the country. You know what I mean? He's from Red Level, sure. Alabama. That's right. You know, so. Is it really? Oh, yeah. Wow, I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah, man. But we got to ever come from red level, right? Easily. <laughs> easily, man. But listen, it just it, it, it's completely and utterly amazing what Bruce has done with Auburn basketball in the transition from, you know, the end of the Lebo era. Tony Barbie was just a complete, utter just failure. And how he's transcended that program, specifically on a recruiting standpoint, it's, it's truly amazing. Let's see. Uh, there was um, chance to call me Dane. Uh, have y'all heard in Javon Baker? Dane Wickstrom wants to know about uh, Javon Baker. Javon Baker is the Alabama transfer wide receiver who was going to Kentucky. Now he's not. The reason he's not going, Dane, is because of the uh, eligibility, the forty sixty eighty rule, the PTD, the progress toward degree rule. It's oh, not wait. just affecting Auburn. Yeah, you mean it can happen elsewhere? It absolutely can. People wow. just don't know it. it, it, it Crazy. Uh, so no, I, I don't expect that. Russell wants to know uh, how many commits by game one. I put the over and under. At f- we got two now. By when is the game one? September third, fourth, something like that. I went with ten. That was it. Damn. My, I think we're going to be at about eight to ten. That's what I think. I'll go seven. That's my over under seven. All right. Five more. I'll listen, if we were on the prices right, I'd, I'd say one dollar right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, and and I and I mean that could be six or five. I was going to say five to start off. I think three before then. And the, and we're talking twenty twenty three class. Yes, twenty twenty three class, not transfers. I honestly believe we're going to bag five to six more guys by That's then. Definitely and, possible. And look, when you start running it down, I mean, you got a guy like Ian Jeffard who I think could pop really at any time if we push. Yeah. Yeah. You got a guy like Brock Lynn that's going to make a decision by the end of June, right? Um, obviously, you've got the yeah. uh, the big the big defensive tackle from Atlanta that's making a decision in July. Yeah, that's uh, Josh Horton. Josh Horton. All right. Then you got who did Cam I just talk to on Sunday? Oh, McElderry. There you go. Yeah, yeah. How about Connor Stroh's final decision? Connor Stroh's going to go through his OVs and probably have a decision soon after. Exactly. I think Connor Stroh said he was going to do his in July. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, you got a lot of guys coming in for OVs right now, and that's – I don't remember there being that many last year. And Jay Lee hit this last week on the podcast. Camp season always produces one commitment every sure. year, guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. There will be somebody that we will kick over a rock on at that camp and find, and they'll jump on them. We had two last year. Um, I expect us to have at least one this year. So I, I, I honestly believe we're going to get five. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? You've probably talked me out of that $1. Yeah. 
because <laughs> of all the guys that are going to have those preseason. I mean, the, listen, commitments don't mean shit, right? These kids want to get their commitment done before the end of the season, and then they're going to go move on to phase two of their recruitment, which is whether or not they're going to stay. Um, yes. But right. with, okay, if you've got 12 guys that Auburn's in the top two to three, four, and they're all announcing before this first game, and you think if you strike out on three of three of every four of those guys, you're still adding three to four commitments, right? Yep. Correct. So, and then plus the camp, I, I think I think six or seven. I, I, I'm okay with that. I'll, I'll go with that. Um, and two more to watch. I think Hunter Osborne is definitely committing before the first game. I'm almost positive he's ending his recruitment in August. And then yeah. Keldrick Falk, I think, is going to take all of his OVs in June and then have a decision as well. Yeah. So multiple guys, like you said, Jay Lee, are going to be deciding. I, I, I would bet there are 10 to 12 guys we're in on. They're going to decide before that first game, guaranteed. Uh, Trey yeah. Mack, hit us with that football question, Zach, from Trey Mack. And I'm going to hit it real quick. JP, your next question. Uh, I'm going to let you two guys answer this football question, but real quick. Tyree Young, is uh, he's coming to camp Friday. It's not an official visit. He's coming on an unofficial visit for camp. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, Trey Mack coming back with, uh, if you could have one player from the 2020 and 2021 teams return for 2022, so you can go back two years, which they all pretty much came back, right? Who would you bring back? I know I know Jay Head would bring back Bo Nix. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna pass on that one. <laughs> Freshman, the Ricochet Rabbit, guaranteed. I'm taking him all day long, specifically with our unknowns at the linebacker position. Love seeing Zacoby line up and just tee off on people, man. I think I we would, could use a guy like him. I'd, I'd love Zacoby. 2020. Yep. Who you got, Cole? Golly. I'm trying to. I mean, think. there's Roger McCreary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, McCreary. Was there a is there a good pass rusher I'm I'm forgetting about from 2020? It was no, there unless you all. count Big Cat. No, I'm good. I'm good on that. Not counting. No, <laughs> I would never count Big Cat. <laughs> Big Cat burned. Big, Big Cat burned Cole's bridge, man. <laughs> yeah, Big you know what? I'm Big Cat's a black knight for not for life. He's a he's a black knight yeah. for life. He is. Oh, uh, that's a good one. Jareo, Seth Williams. Ooh, yeah, him and Schwartz. I'd go with Seth Williams over Schwartz, honestly, because, man, talk about a safety net. I think, man, that's a good one. How much better would you feel about the team if you had Schwartz and Seth Williams on the outside with with Charlie Jones running in the slot? Yeah, sure. (laughs) Yeah, you probably feel at least one or two wins better. Honestly, yeah. you know what? It, it, the new guy, the new offer, I wrote about him today, Keon Brown. Um, and I haven't really watched his tape too much, but he's another big body receiver that they're going after. And, and they don't really – I mean, name a guy that they've had since Seth Williams that was like Seth Williams. Nobody Camden, yeah. Camden Brown looks like Seth Williams on yeah. tape. That, that's, but he hasn't lined up yet. And here's the thing. The, the unfortunate thing is Camden wasn't here in the spring. You know, so not yeah, having him yeah. being able to go through spring is going to set him back to a degree. How quickly can he pick it up? You honestly don't know. But he, if you're looking for prototypes on the outside of the X spot, that that's Camden Brown, one hundred percent. Yeah, and that's a good. That's definitely a good one. Um, but they're still looking for more guys like that. Uh, Landon King maybe could be that guy too. You know, so Seth Williams is probably the guy that they haven't had. 
that would be my pick. And yeah. I'm stealing it from Jareo, Jareo there. And, and you know what? I think that's what I, my expectations for Camden Brown are. I, I think I see Seth Williams in him. Uh, I think yeah. that's why I'm so high on him. I, I think he is an under the radar guy. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really feel like he's, I mean, I, I like, I like his attitude and I like his size. I like his athleticism. I think he's got great hands and I saw him last year at camp. He was an MVP at the camp last year. So I have high expectations for him, but he, Seth Williams, that, that would be a good one. Let me uh, hit real quick. Jamie Sherwood. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. One of my favorite recruiting stories, Jimmy Sherwood coming to A-Day as a junior in high school. Oh, so yeah. Sitting up in the stands all by himself. <laughs> I thought he was the. I thought he was having the worst time of his life. He was just sitting up there by himself. I got a picture of him that day. Uh, ended up, he was up there just imagining being out there on that field. And I was totally wrong. Imagine that. <laughs> AU Chaser, how do y'all feel about the staff's ability to close in recruiting? You know what, Chaser? I had an epiphany today when I was I was switching <laughs> I was switching signed on a commitment list with uh all the new <laughs> I, I, I was changing them to enroll. <laughs> and I noticed <laughs> I know this. I told him today. I was like, Bruce, I got a call in showing you. I said, Dinosaur time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I noticed all uh, there was a lot of late commitments and signings to the December signing period this past class, including Anishi Sledge. We saw Rock Rogers flip. So my my thoughts on their closing is probably a lot better or a lot higher than some folks. I I think they did a fantastic job this last year. Was it? was Jarko S. Hunter a, a late edition closed there? Yes. Uh, the, the previous class, I believe, wasn't it? Or was yes, it- in the, yeah. he was in the 2021 class. It came down between us, Mississippi State, and Iowa in the February signing period. But I do yeah. see what I, I do see what he's saying. I mean, Auburn's getting some damn people vi- visit, right? I mean, shoot. That, that, the visit list is impressive. And that's I'm telling you, man, that is the that's that's the biggest thing to give yourself a chance is getting these guys on, especially at Auburn, especially with a new staff. Especially uh, in, in possibly a transition year with the toughest schedule in the country, so I mean, getting them on visits is a big, big deal. You know, you know what? Um, I see this argument a lot. The argument is uh, for for the guys that they closed on last season, right at the end that we, you just talked about, JD Rim, uh, Rim Robert yeah. Woodyard, you know, Austin Osbury, Austin Osbury, guys they pulled at the end, right? My thing on that is, okay, a lot of people are saying, oh, well, you know, they took advantage of staff changes. And, yes, they did. 
you don't think that's going to happen every year? I mean, that's that's the main thing I would tell any recruit. Hey, um, you know there's going to be staff changes like every year. Like somebody's going to go somewhere. It's just like the transfer portal with coaches. They're going to go a different place. They're going to get a different job, move up, whatever the case may be. And the guy that's recruiting you may not be there next year. Happens every year. <laughs> so if you're good at taking advantage of those staff changes, then you're a good closer. That's the way I see it. And you have to take advantage of that. Can you imagine the attitude of some of the negative posters who, if Auburn didn't get those guys, and now they're saying, oh, man, they had staff changes and they still couldn't get these guys. Well, there were staff changes and they got them. Yeah. So, STFU, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Thomas Jones, moving right along. Thomas Jones wants to know, with Wooten, Hall, Harris, Bad Moon, Jones, and Aku. I expect a top 10 overall defense national. What's y'all's opinion? Side note, Coach Rock gave Jason that new nickname. Jason Jones. Ah, oh, Bad Moon. All right. Bad Moon. He's rising. He's rising. Sweet. Like, like Andre. Uh, what do you uh, what'd you say, Cole? Um, what do you think about the defense? Both of you. I'll let you uh, y'all know more about that than I do. Wooden Hall Harris. Yeah. Uh, man, look. I- I think you can almost go three deep at every position and and feel pretty good about it. Maybe besides the linebackers, you 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 don't have any experience there, but you have guys that you feel would be pretty talented if you put them out there, right? And then you added, I mean, most of the transfer portal additions were on defense too. Craig McDonald, Morris Joseph, uh, Jason Jones, DJ James, uh, Eugene Asante. Oh yeah, I think the defense is going to be okay. I really do. <laughs> I agree with you, Cole. I think my hesitation there is love the two deep. I mean, I think we're really competitive, specifically in the back end. Um, I do have some questions as far as how some of our young guys are going to transition at linebacker. You know, not having Zacoby in the game last year, you could tell a difference. Do some of those guys take a step forward this year? I think the defensive line is going to be solid. Obviously, Echo and and, you know Echo and uh, Derek Hall are going to be phenomenal coming off the edge. My major hang-up, Cole, is the offense. Is the offense going to put the defense in position to be successful? Can they keep them off the field? Mm. If they're going to have to log a ton of snaps and get worn out in the first half of the season, that's not going to set you up for success down the back half when you've got to play Texas A&M, Alabama, a handful of other teams that can really annihilate you if you're not putting yourself in position to be successful. So can we play complementary football if we can't? I don't have a high expectation for this year's defense, but on talent alone, yes, I think we're top half of the SEC 100%. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Hey, this is a good one from Blake. I think this is Corey's uh, Corey's fellow, man friend. How much of a threat is TCU to for, for Brock Glenn? J-Head, what do you think? Brock Glenn is coming in for an official visit on Friday. I um, We expect him to commit soon. We think Auburn's the team to beat. He was at TCU a week ago on an official visit. You know, I think you talked about this last week, Jay Head, and you probably know more about it than I do. But I really never viewed TCU as a threat. Why should Why should I respect TCU here? I think TCU is a threat only because they have an excellent wide receiver class at this point. They're selling him on the position, the opportunity to come in with a brand new staff. Sonny Dykes is a good offensive coach. I believe that um, who's the uh, USC Lincoln Riley's younger brother, Garrett Riley is the offensive coordinator there at TCU. He's a really good up and comer. Um, And they sold him on the opportunity to come in right away. Obviously I think the family ties to Auburn and he's going to try to take all that out of it. 
Okay, he's going to try right. to make a decision where you know he's looking at playing time and, and what's being around him and everything else. But I feel like the family ties to Auburn, the, the chance to play in the SEC at the highest level, it makes Auburn the favorite at this point. The team that scares me, if you're going to be completely honest, is if Texas A&M pulls the trigger and it's an Auburn versus Texas A&M battle. I think then therein lies the real battle. As of right now, I think Auburn bags him. Um, and I don't really think it's all that close, if, yeah. if I'm being completely honest. Okay. I, don't, I don't see – I mean, I think TCU is a formidable opponent, but there's only because they had the first OV. They put their best case out there. Now we get the opportunity like any good, any good boxer to counterpunch, and we'll see what we do. Okay, right. that, that's good. Sticking with you, Jay Head, uh, Kerry Yang wants to know, uh, is Jeffrey Emba uh, an immediate hey, impact? Jeffrey, I think we got a caller. We got a caller. 205, you're live. Hey, fellas, it's Russell. How y'all doing tonight? What's up, Russell? How you doing? Doing good, man. Doing well, doing well. Uh, good listening to you guys again. Very informative. Um, I heard y'all just talking about the defense and uh, wanted to chime in and kind of see what you guys thought um, uh, with the depth and versatility that it looks like Harson brought in through the recruiting classes, uh, for instance, like with Marcus Harris playing multiple uh, positions and uh, Donovan Kaufman. Um, it, we have so many different uh, players like that. I think uh, Jay Head was just mentioning you don't want to get too worn out. So if we have the adequate depth to uh, sustain the season and an offense that looks to be potentially better in year two of the condition and strength program that a lot of people have said is supposed to make a difference, uh, especially in year two. So uh, coupled with that, uh, helping out with our running game, um, could that possibly be leading to a little bit more successful season than people think, uh, especially with the defense people are sleeping on? It's not like we haven't recruited well in defense um, every, every year, basically. It seems to have taken precedence over offense for a while. Um, so I think that should probably at least carry us to the offense. Uh, comes around and gels a little bit with the passing game, I would hope. We, we have various receivers this year. Then again, uh, very many different skills, but uh, that, that was just one of my questions. I have one more after that, if you don't mind. Good stuff, Russell. Uh, Jay Head, what do you think? So I think what you're seeing a lot right now from a lot of the national guys is they just want to see proof of concept, okay? We didn't really move the needle on offense last year. They want to see us take that next step, and I don't think they want to invent. They don't really know all of it. And so when you factor in everything that happened this past February and you look at how we tailed off towards the end of the season, that's what's driving a lot of this prediction for six wins, five and a half. You know, what you've kind of seen prior to kind of our conversation today. I 100% believe we are better on paper and we are better in this program than a lot of people think we are. I honestly believe seven to eight victories is more than attainable as far as that's concerned. And, yes, defensively I think we can take a step forward, but it does – Beg the question is, can we take that step forward offensively? Do we have the right quarterback? I think we do, but we got to see it on the field first. You know what I mean? You can't say, without a doubt, Zach Calzada is going to be, or TJ or Robbie Ashford is going to be a slam dunk, you know, top top three type SEC quarterback. Got to see it on the field. So I think that's the hesitation that you're seeing a lot from the national media and the outside perspective of Auburn. But from inside the building, I think they believe they're ready to get this thing turned around. I honestly do. Yeah. I'll add to that, Jay Head, and say, you know, I think the the five win or five and a half, whatever the projection is, is 
coming from the the turmoil that happened in the offseason with Harson and and the whole blow up that happened at Auburn, the drama. I really think it stems from that mostly because all the guys that transferred out of Auburn, I, I made this point last night in, in the unfiltered thoughts piece, uh, you know, Romello Heights, Sean Shivers, Amari Harvey, who never played a snap at Auburn, Lee Hunter, who never played a snap at Auburn. These guys are in the top 150, top 200 of the transfer portal rankings. If they're going to put them that high, they would have to think that Auburn's roster is pretty good because those guys didn't play. Right? I, am I wrong there? I mean, no. Yeah, there were only a handful of guys that transferred from Auburn that actually got legitimate snaps. I think JJ Pegues was one. Yeah, Pegues uh, is a quality guy, and I'm not saying those other guys aren't quality guys. I think they could be really good. Amari Harvey was a four star. You know, Lee Hunter was on the verge of being a five star. The point is, these guys were way behind on the depth chart, and they're they're seen as quality quality pickups, right? If you get them from the portal, right. So that would mean mm-hmm. the roster they're coming from was pretty good, right? I mean, logically. Mm-hmm. It, logically, yes. Okay. It, it, that, that would make a ton of sense, Cole. And, and I like your thought process there as far as you're concerned because I do think that people's value when they go into the portal is overinflated 100%. I, yeah, well, it's, it, it's the shiny new thing right now, right? Exactly. Uh, it's boring to talk about what's currently on your roster and who started last year and who your major contributors were. It's That's true. Far, look, in, in, in list season – you know what I mean? It's it's more fun to talk about the new shiny toy, like you said, the new prospect from the, from the transfer portal. Maybe they can play, maybe they can't. Because realistically, you're having to adapt to a whole new culture and a whole new scheme wherever you're going to go. And who knows if that's going to accentuate your skill set or not. So, it's funny, too, when Auburn dropped that video last night or this morning, I can't remember, of the players coming back. The Auburn Twitter uh, page, they dropped that video, all the players coming back. Not the new ones checking in, but the players – coming back from their vacation and i kept seeing guys like colby would oh yeah that guy's pretty good donovan coffin oh i forgot about him you know you, you keep seeing guys are like oh yeah we those guys are at auburn right now they're pretty good so it's you forget about it with the whole transfer portal thing you just forget about it it's like in the back of your mind and then when you get close to the season i see a lot of position after the transfers what was that? I'm sorry. sorry I'm sorry. Sorry. So, sorry, I apologize. I was just saying, it seems like we upgrade when we bring in transfers. I know there's a lot of good outgoing players, but if you look at it overall, even last year and this year, it looks like they've upgraded from the players that left. And nothing against the players that left, but bringing in like Jeffrey Emba, people like yeah. Patrick Place, yeah. J.J. Pegues, um, you know, and getting Javaris Johnson back, Marquise Robinson, those were yeah. huge. huge. To me, it just feels like, they're not getting enough credit for what they're doing in the port. They're not signing as many players as people would like, but the people that they are playing, they come in and they play. Eku Leota, uh, you know, people like that. They're uh, they're making yeah. a significant uh, difference. And um, on top of that, you're talking about people on the outside looking down on Auburn for what's happened in the offseason. It's understandable, but people close to the program, uh, I don't. I feel like it could be similar to a Coverville situation. I think I heard y'all mention that before in the show, but it just kind of feels like it from what the players are saying and coming together. And not to say that they're going to go on a, uh, you know, undefeated season or anything. I mean, anything's possible. I'd be great to see. But um, you, the talent that's on the team already, and if you motivate them and they come together as a team and really buy in, like it sounds like they're doing from 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 me as an Auburn fan, that's the extra. Uh, factor that it's hard to, to want to bet on if you're a betting man, but it's, it's yeah. how I, I feel it a little bit as an Auburn fan. I think I think they could exceed expectations this year. Just on I that, agree. 
Yeah, and I love your enthusiasm. I would say be cautious. When, you, when people say it could be like a Tuberville situation, think about what was in that backfield in that 2004 season with Carnell Williams, um, with Ronnie Brown, Jason Campbell. I mean, that's three first-round players right there. Carlos Rogers on the outside, a first-round cornerback. So all of your money positions, you had star football players, then you had veterans across the board. They were yeah. well immersed in Tuberville's you know, scheme and culture. Yeah. So I'm with you on a cohesion standpoint. I think this group is going to be more – it's going to be closer. Uh, they're going to have more buy-in across the board throughout the team. But is the talent level where that 2004 team was? I, I don't think they are at this point. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. No. Fair enough. Hey, Russell, good stuff, dude. Hey, we're, <clears throat> we appreciate you calling, man. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Y'all have a good one. Appreciate you. I think he mentioned uh, Emba there, Jay Head, uh, who wanted to know Kerry wanted to know. Uh, you think he's an immediate impact guy on the D line? I think he can be. I think we would know more about where he is right now if he'd been able to go through spring fully healthy. Mm. Because of the shoulder injury, I think there's a little bit of unknown because he was. Look, he's only been playing football for like three years. Okay, right. so there's a there's a relative rawness to him, but he has an absolute freak show skill set. You don't see guys that can run like him that have the power that he has that has the, the COD that he's got. I mean, his change of direction is insane. I think Cole put up a clip where he was able to flip his hips. He was yeah. engaged with an offensive lineman, flip his hips, and run down the field to make a tackle forty yards down the field. You yeah. don't do that. He you know came I mean? from the opposite three technique, chased down a stretch play outside zone on the other side of the field. It, it's ridiculous. Right. I mean, running like a deer down the field. So, yes, I think he could be. How long does it take for him to acclimate to playing at the Power 5 level and not just the Power 5 level but the SEC? Is he ready mm -hmm. from a physicality standpoint, technique standpoint, all the small things? But as far as skill level goes, yeah, he can play, man. Well, it's it's kind of like a – he's kind of like the – um, defensive version of Prince Tega Winogo when he came to Auburn. Raw, um, he, he showed a lot of good things, but it may take a minute for him to get acclimated to playing the position and doing all the things you're supposed to do. But the 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 reason he was rated so high is because that his tape is just it just screams, you know, freak athlete. I mean, Potential. Gosh, yeah. I mean, the ceiling is just it, it couldn't be higher. Mm -hmm. And that's why Landon Morris Joseph was important because you have yeah, a guy that yeah. you've seen produce on the college level that you know can step in and give you snaps. If Emba's not ready, that creates that depth that you badly needed. Yeah, I think I think Embo it'd probably be fair to say that he is not an immediate impact guy because of his injury. I'd say he's more of a mid year, second half in, impact yeah, guy. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think that's where your expectations should lie with him. Uh, JP's coming in with uh, defense line and edge targets. We've talked a couple of talked about a couple of these guys. We, we know we, Jamal Jarrett's coming in this weekend. Um, Jamal Jarrett's coming in this weekend. We talked about Hunter Osborne, TJ Parker's out. Edge guys on Isaiah Nixon. You mentioned a couple of those guys. Rico Walker. Rico Walker's going to come back for an official visit. He was here a couple of weeks ago. Keldrick Falk. Keldrick Falk. Keldrick Falk. That's the guy. He should be at the top of the board. I mean, yeah. and Quay Russell should be at the top of the board. James yeah. Smith should be at the top of the board. They should always be in the conversation. We're talking about defensive line and edge targets. Those are your, I would say, Quay Russell, Keldrick Falk, top two edge. Um, and you got Rico your Walker. Yep. 
And I those really are, feel like Auburn's got a damn good job with every one of those guys. Reuben Bain. Reuben Bain is coming yeah, out for another Bain. visit. Maybe Ashley Williams could still be in there too. Hadn't heard as much about Auburn him. Auburn got but... in on him when he was a nobody. Yep. Yeah. Ashley Williams is, I think he's now a four star edge from Louisiana. He was, I don't even know if he was ranked when Auburn offered him. I remember when Auburn offered him, I looked him up and was like, who the hell is this guy? No, he, he even asked him, he's like, man, how do I, how do I get a ranking on here? <laughs> so a lot of, uh, and, and shit, man, I'm telling you, Jimmy Brumball has come in and, and, and lit this defensive line recruiting up. I thought there was going to be a step off, a drop off when Nick Geeson left. No, sir. I'm, I'm seeing a, a, a step up with Jimmy Brumball. I yeah, because he, you yeah. got what Jamal Jarrett this weekend, Sadir Mitchell's coming in, Hunter Osborne's coming yeah, in, Sadir, Sadir Mitchell. Uh, Joshua Horton's coming in. Those are four of your top guys on the actual defense, interior defensive line that we're recruiting. Yeah. Um, multiple other prospects, I think, will be in for a visit. I don't know all the names right now off the top of my head, but those are the four that jump out at me for the interior defensive line positions. I, I have high expectations for those two positions in yeah. uh, in, in this class. Uh, Anub just wants to know, is the Hurley saga over before it really began? We talked about this last week. Uh, we, we feel like Auburn's got a very good shot. He's going to Alabama this weekend for an official visit. But I feel like Auburn's working behind the scenes here. And as I said a week ago, I don't know if it was on the Trivial Pod or the Cullen Show, but the less you hear about Jaleel Hurley, who's a five-star cornerback from Florence, committed to Alabama, the less you hear about him, Auburn fans, probably the better. Uh, yeah. So yeah. stop asking. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so quit yeah. asking. Yeah, so quit asking. <laughs> hey, uh, if, if it was a saga, I, I would not feel so good about it. Um, but the fact that it is quiet right now is probably like he, like Jeffrey saying is probably a good thing. It's exactly. gonna drag out anyway, so don't don't you know? Yeah, just chill out. Let it let it let it, let it run its course, man. Zach, I, I I thought I saw you pop in here. I didn't know if you had another caller or not. They hung up. Oh my God! Retrace hey. that call. Trace that call. Trace it. Star Star sixty nine. <laughs> um, appreciate you, Russell. Uh, let's see. Carrie's coming back on here. He better be the one calling. Carrie, hey, get him in here. Well, Coach Harson, you ought to know that. Uh, yeah, there's a chance. They're back. <sighs> we got it. All right, let me hear Carrie Yang. Six one two. You're live, Mississippi. Uh, yeah, there's a chance. They're back. We got it. All right. Let me get Hey, I just had a question for Jay Head. Go for hey, it, Turn your computer down. You got a little lag going there. First of all, who do we have on the line? Oh, I, I was just, I was wondering, I, I didn't get to, I didn't catch your, uh, were you talking about the quarterbacks? Uh, I, I, I didn't hear you earlier. Who are you? I don't know the quarterback situation in Auburn. All right, who are you? Who are you? Talking talking to the phone. You don't listen to the stream. Yeah, you're way behind. <laughs> hit, hit, hit mute on your computer, big dog. Man. I think, I think it's the prank call. <laughs> uh, I, thank you, big dog. Yeah. Yeah, man. Listen, if you can figure out a way to call back in and just turn your radio off, turn your phone off, whatever you got, whatever you're streaming it on. The background. We'll be, yeah, we'll be glad to answer your question, brother. But, well, I think he was asking about the quarterbacks. Okay. Jay Head, that, that he was he was uh, aiming it at you. Quarterbacks, man. Hey, you know, we were talking about Brock Glenn the, earlier, and I was thinking, man, if you get Brock Glenn, you got Holden Gurner, you got the transfers that come in. Dude, that quarterback room is going to be looking good. 
Yeah. It, it already kind of does, right, Jay? It's going to be looking very good. Um, and the way I kind of see this playing out, I think I was going to make a post on this, but I'll just go ahead and put it out here tonight. A little bit of scoop for you guys. What I think is going to happen, just my personal opinion, is that Zach Calzada is going to be named the starter. Robbie Ashford is going to be number two. TJ is going to be number three. I think TJ will probably grad transfer after this season is over. And you'll be looking at a nice four deep of Zach Calzada, Robbie Ashford, Holden Gurner, and Brock Glenn. And that's going to be as good a quarterback room as we've had at Auburn in a very long time. Absolutely. Zach, yep. what you got, man? Let's see. 205, oh. your love. Who do we have on the line? Can y'all hear me? Yeah, man. Who, 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 you. What's your name? This is T-Dub B-Ham. T-Dub. Oh, yeah, T-Dub. From B-Ham. What's up, boys? Y'all what's good? Up, brother? Yeah, man. What about you, brother? Doing well. Hey, uh, you know, I don't I don't know if I have the, the right question to ask, but I was doing, like, some looking, and because, uh, you know, with the previous – staff's classes it always felt like they had better like rankings and all that kind of stuff than what it seems like we might have with Carson's tenure and um going back through I thought it was kind of interesting so like their best their highest rated class at least in the conference was actually in 2018 and so when you go back through you've got Joey Gatewood, Matthew Hill, Connus Miller, Harold Joyner those were the top four guys in the class you know, and I knew you were going it there. It seemed like um, when you go back through, they got a lot of highly rated guys, and a ton of them didn't pan out. And it, you know, I know the mean thing is easy with Harson and the evaluations and that kind of stuff. But you know, when you when you go back through this last class they signed, you look at all the guys. I mean, even like you know the Powell Gordons. I think he's got a huge upside after he you know has a lot of time in the weight room. Mm-hmm. Uh, the yep. Jay Fairs of the class, the Camden Brown yep. guys yep. that seem like they're going to be, you know, Wooden's little brothers, guys that, you know, are going to come in and I think they're going to play. Like they're going to be contributors. And I just kind of wondered what y'all's thoughts were kind of on the inside as far as like, you know, again, I know everybody kind of makes fun of the whole evaluation thing, but it does seem like this staff has an ability to find guys that fit, and I don't want to say culture, but fit what they're looking for and guys that are actually going to be able to like come in and compete regardless of what their ratings are. Um, I don't have a specific question, but I just kind of wanted to open that up and, and just kind of see uh, what you guys think about That's that. That's fantastic. T dub. Very yes. good stuff. You know what I'm going to be paying attention to moving forward. And I don't think there's been anyone so far. Has any Harson recruit signee enrollee player? What's the, uh, I expect the attrition rate to be extremely low. It's two. Two so far, uh, if you count Drayshon Miller. Well, and Hal Presley. Hal Presley, yeah, but he was kind of – He was a Gus, kind of, wasn't he? He was kind of Gus's guy, and then they signed him. And, and he, he, Yeah, they, I, I, don't, I won't count Hal Presley. Drayshon Ro, Miller. Roe Torrance. Torrance is the other one. I knew there was the, those transfer cornerbacks. But, I, so, okay, I'll even go deeper. Let's holler back in two years at the number of high school kids that – uh, Brian Harson signed that have left the program. Yeah, I'm Go curious ahead. about that too. That's very what they're recruiting. Now, you bring up a great point, T-Dub, and one that I've been wanting to make. 
the that 2018 class, Joey Gatewood is one of the first names you see, right? When you're looking at down the list of the highest rated guys, Harold Joyner, you named them. That was before the transfer portal age somewhat, right? You know, hmm. but there was so much turnover on every class. If you go back and look at all of them, yeah, yeah. okay, he signed a top yeah. 10, top 15 class, but he's losing half of them every year. I mean, what's the what's the point, you know? You got to keep your class together. That's that's number one, I would think, before you start looking at the ranking. That's just what I think on that. I mean, I'll die on that hill, I guess. I think what we what we all want to see teed up is development because you just you had these highly ready classes in the in the Gus era, and you just didn't get probably the return on investment that you wanted. On the flip side, Brian Harson and I'm gonna steal a line from Dabble here at Little Old Boise State developed 15 NFL draft picks during his tenure there at Boise State. By comparison at Auburn, I'm not exactly sure what the number is, but I think it was only 20-plus guys got drafted in the Gus Malzahn era. Jeez, are you serious? A little over 20-plus, maybe 24, 25 guys. Damn. Yeah, that's about right. How many offensive linemen? Three? Greg Robinson and and Braden Smith, I think. Tega. 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 And Jack Driscoll. Yeah, man. Can we count Driscoll? Because we really got him from you know, yeah, you know, for, you know for, for two years. But anyway, Massachusetts got him right. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. I, I digress. But listen, I, I think what we all want to see is is that we're evaluating at positions of need better. That we're bringing in guys that fit our system, and not only fit our system, but are 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 the systems that we're employing, developing guys for the NFL. And I think that's what you're seeing here at Auburn now with the transition that Harson's made specifically on offense, on defense, I think Kevin still did a fantastic job of developing guys for the league. But on offense, we have pro-style concepts and a system in place so that if you do hit and you are evaluating correctly and you're putting guys in the league, that's going to start to help your recruiting as far as that's concerned. So I think that's – I want to buy in right now. I need to see it on the field first, yeah. you know, because this is his first real class of recruiting as far as that goes. How do some of these guys project? Does a guy like Jay Fair really pop this year? Is there only Austin Osbury, the uh, the cornerback from South Georgia? Do those guys get on the field and make an impact early? That's what you hope to see. You don't really know just yet, so I think it's too early to tell. Huh. I, I, I cheated and moved on down the page, and I was told by Dane Wigstrom there was an article that said Charlie Jones committed to Purdue. I looked that's, that up. That's what I and thought. It was from a, a – see, he – He's not in public. He's not going to tell anybody. He's just going to show up. And it says uh, this is a Saturday tradition from one day ago. So it's been out there for 24 hours. Iowa veteran wide receiver to reportedly transfer within the Big Ten. That line, that, 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 but that's weird. And I, I mentioned Purdue on the last show we did um, with Jeff Brown's that offense that he's uh, generated up there. I think he had a lot of ties to that team, specifically the quarterback. I believe they're from the, uh, the same hometown there in Illinois. So that that makes a lot of sense. It's unfortunate on our end because we could have used a Charlie Jones, but it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, whatever. They're going they're going to aerate it out too. So, oh yeah, he's yeah, Brahms is going to throw the football for sure. Yeah, thanks for the heads up there, Dane. We got back to back callers now. Oh, three, three, four. You're live. Thanks for the heads up there, Dane. We got back to back callers. Oh, hey, caller. Three, three, four. Okay. Hey, caller. So, 
Turn your. I, I turn hear y'all talking, you know, about the recruiting classes and how we got to, you know, it's got to be developed and, you know, it, it, you're doing all this, uh, you're searching and, you know, finding. I, I'm just wondering personally, you know. That's a deep thought. You wondered what? Dramatic effect. Is it? Yeah. Is it going to pan out like, I mean, at all, or is this just going to be another, you know, special where we just, we blow it completely? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't, what, what's the question? Uh, <laughs> are we going to job or not? I think is what the question was. Oh, uh, well. And what's this up. recruit? Or are we going to win football? That's what the question is. We got it! Hey man, hold on. First of all, who is this? That's what I wanted to hear. There we go. Okay. <laughs> all right. Is that you good? I'm 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 Alan's little brother. So Adam, you got to wait till he hears it on his. I'm phone. the other A head. So. Oh, Are you serious? Hey. Yeah. Hey, what's up, man? So, first of all, when you call in, got to say this is Andrew. Secondly, <laughs> are we going to win, or is this just all going to be, you know, I mean, whatever? Uh, it's, it's TBD, bro. I, I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> Forget that. We're going to win. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> we should have known Jay Head was behind that. <laughs> Prank call, baby. Sorry. Uh, I had to go. You know, after this point, I was like, "Jesus, I get that." Was awesome. That was awesome. Please do that every week. (laughs) All right, um, Zach. Is there another? Yes, we got another one. All right. Two five one. You're live, North Alabama. Yeah, Felix the cat. Felix the cat. Felix. What's up, Felix? The 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 order. Are we actually letting um, the third one, the third one, the, the not the third one, he's a uh, Robbie he's Ashford? Is that who you're talking about? you talking about Robbie Ashford? Yes, Ashford. And, and so it, do you think he's going to be number two? And because uh, I will be one, because I don't think, I, I, I mean, nothing big with Family, I just yeah. I mean, if we're gonna get the same thing we got from last year, I mean, I know he probably improved a little bit or something like that, but I just don't think he has the strength that Calzada does, and, and the way uh, <laughs> the way that that number two or the other guy, the one just came in, the one you said, I just don't think he has the same effect as the other two guy has. Finley, Finley just doesn't. The yep. way he, I've seen the uh, spring of uh, the um, on YouTube. I just don't think uh, I just don't think I've seen anything different from last year. I mean, a lot of a lot of us have seen the same thing. I mean, I hate it. I really do. I mean, I, I right. Think I really don't. What do y'all think? I think that, I think you're onto something, Felix. I think Jay had said it earlier, and I, I yeah. completely agree. Yeah. He's got Calzada and and Ashford one and two, and TJ providing a, an experience number three on on the chart. And possibly for the best for both him and Auburn, finding him somewhere that he can play next year. 
probably a level down, right. in my opinion. Um, but I, I feel like I feel pretty good about Auburn's those two guys. Yeah, yeah. and well, I did, I, and I have more future. The, the, the gentleman that the hardest hand pick. Now I, I, I've seen the you know the highlights on him. Oh, I love like, him. I mean, he, I do believe that. Like, like I said, Harson went and picked him out, and he's great. I mean, even this young man is coming in named Auburn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Name. possibly coming in. <laughs> yeah, possibly for sure. Both of those guys, man, Holden Gurner and 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 Brock Glenn, Auburn Brock Glenn, to me. I, I, I'm excited about those two guys in the future. And hell, I mean, the future is that Calzada is what a sophomore. Robbie yeah. Ashford's a yeah. sophomore, freshman, freshman. Do you think? Do you think Calzada leaves after after this year, or does he stay one more year? I mean, oh, I think he's that, a. I think he's a multi-year starter. He, 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 he knocked out a, a, a game breaker this year, you know. And does he leave, or does he stay for one more? I mean, well, I, I'm assuming he, that he's going to have a good year. I'm yeah. assuming he's going to have a good year. And, and yeah. if he has a good year, he's submitted in as as the starter at Auburn University. Hell no, he ain't leaving. He's going yeah. to start again. Uh, he's going to be talking about pro, Jeffrey. I, I think he's eligible to go pro if he has that good of a year. Oh, is he a Daniel Cobb, like 35 years old, <laughs> sophomore? <laughs> yeah. hey, no, no offense. I, I, I was a 25-year-old senior, so. <laughs> yeah, I think he's just eligible. If he has a big year, he could go and uh, – possible i guess uh but you Isn't know he like six one no he's six four damn who calzada yeah yeah and he's got some some brett far to him man okay okay well, uh, one more question guys and i'll and i'll let you be um the defense everybody's kind of i mean they're they're on like one side or the other i mean i i from what i see you know what i've seen coming in everybody's like uh you know it's a couple of uh, just a couple of new ones, and and what we got from last year is what we had from last year, and nothing nothing special or nothing like that. I just I just don't believe that. I, I don't. We got this guy coming from Memphis. I call him Memphis because this dude is huge, and 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 he look, looks like he's in charge, and he's ready to be a game buster. I mean, really and truly. And this other guy, fella, um, uh, what's that French guy? Um, Emma. Jeffrey Emba. Yeah, he was a, a JUCO um, first first rank or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. number one. No, he he's a, he's a big boy as well. I mean, we got I, we got some pretty tough young men out there. I just feel like I don't. I feel like the defense to me, for me, I just they look like they're going to be studs, man. I really think you're going to have another Auburn type uh, defense like we you know usually have back in the past. You know, maybe not the best like we used to have, but it's close to it. You know, I mean, sure. pretty pretty close to it. I mean, I, I would, I wouldn't yeah. say they're they're like losers. I mean, not by far, not from what I see. Just what do y'all think? What's y'all take on that? I think they're top half in the SEC. Yeah. I don't think anybody would argue with that, would they? No, uh-uh. I think the defensive line is is added the depth necessary, and they got and they're really strong at the top. And then I think the secondary could be really strong, or could possibly be the strength of the defense. Actually, with with Craig McDonald, you add him. Um, I think Zion Puckett is an underrated guy. Greg McDonald, yes. Um, I, I, I really like DJ James. I think he's he's possibly a star in the making. And then Jalen Simpson, Nehemiah Pritchett. I, I've seen Nehemiah Pritchett's name on a few draft boards. So, man, yeah, the only spot I'm worried about is, is inside linebacker. And I'm just – I like Papo. I think he's capable of being excellent. 
Um, but he hasn't been dominant yet. Like, he hasn't been like the five star guy we were expecting. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. been good. I, but but he's about to be, you know, is the Kobe McLean's not there anymore. Somebody's got to be that that guy that is all over the field that can make tackles that fight off blocks and play against the run. And uh, you know, I'm I'm still waiting to see if he can be the complete guy. So and to me, I'm with you, Cole, specifically at linebacker. I think we've got talent in that room. I really do. I mean, I like yeah. a lot of those guys. Desmond Tisdall. Um, I'm trying to think of the other uh, Mike linebacker that we got out of the Atlanta area. Um, Cam, well, not Cam Riley. No, no, no. no, no. It was Cam, not Camden Brown. Derek's brother. Oh, it, Cameron Brown. Cameron no. Brown. Um, God, what's the kid's name? Wesley Steiner. Oh, Steiner, yeah. So Steiner, Tisdall, I mean, I think Riley's going to get more snaps at edge uh, to kind of help compensate us for our depth. But to me, the even bigger piece is the nose tackle position. And can Jason Jones yeah. be that transcendent piece there? Because if he can two-gap and take up two blockers at one time and let our Mike linebacker run downhill, that's going to be Owen Papo's best friend, man. That's what's going to allow that defense to go from good to really, really good. Yeah, so you it, know what? I'm tired of us not – Talking about Joko Willis. I like Damn. Joko Willis. <laughs> love him on special him. teams, that's for sure, man. Sure. And I, I think edge, he's another guy. An edge rusher, too. Yeah, I think that's where he's going to slot in, if I'm being honest, Cole. I think yeah. you're going to see him come off the edge, um, specifically in, in, in third down packages. Yeah. Hey, let's um let, let's let's hit a lightning round right now. Felix, I appreciate the call, man. Yes. Well, we, that, that was good stuff. Uh you and T dub, man, and uh, and Russell, you, you guys have some really good stuff. Yeah. Um, has Flanagan pulled out of the draft? I don't know. I don't think he has yet, but he's I think it's officially, a formality. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, officially I don't think anything's been announced. But he's gotten to what, midnight tonight? I think so, yes. Huh. That ought to be out. Justin uh Hokinson will have definitely be on top of that news. Um on Auburn Live on three. Let's hit some lightning rounds here. Uh, Jireo, this is a good question, and, and I'm, I'm going to give him my opinion on this. Jireo asked us to a 2.30 kick for the Penn State game, which is going to be Auburn's biggest home game of the year. Affect recruiting versus the night game? And no, it does not. <clears throat> I used to think the night games were best until I started realizing that kids couldn't come to that night game. Find a hotel because it gets over, you know, midnight now, Right. I mean, you ain't driving back at three, four o'clock in the morning. So this two thirty kick opens up a lot of opportunities for recruits to come in, be able to experience the night game, and then get home before yeah. midnight. It, it's uh, I I used to think so, Jareo. I used to think so, man. I used to, uh, but that two thirty man with Penn State, dude. There's the the intensity in that crowd. I don't know that it's going to be even a drop from a night. And by yeah. that time, what it's uh, it's getting dark about six six thirty. Yeah, it, it'll still be like seven it, probably. It, 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 I, I don't. So no, I, I don't think it will. Uh, I don't think it will hinder Auburn at all. As opposed, it's to it's gonna be a little warm, Jay Lee. Yeah, uh, that'd be great for those Yankees coming down, man. They won't know how to yeah, right, right. deal with it. From a recruiting standpoint, I'm with you, Jay Lee. I think it is phenomenal. I think it even it plays out even better. And like you said, if we beat Penn State, Tumor's Corner is going to be absolutely on fire. Um, oh yeah, great place to take recruits after a victory. That's a now, good question by Trey Mack there, Jay Head. What's he got? Do you think Auburn is still battling their negative perception for receivers? One hundred percent. I don't. I think probably uh, you had two of your most talented guys in the last. I don't know. 
at least five years or so in Seth Williams and Anthony Swartz, and the highest draft pick out of those two was a third-round draft pick in Swartz. Yeah. We need to develop a receiver and put him in the first round. Alabama's had probably, what, 10? You know what I mean? In the last several drafts. Yeah. So I think moving to the offense that we're transitioning to, if quarterback play will be where we need it to be, you're going to start to see development on that aspect, and we'll get our way out of having to evaluate guys and really being on some blue chip, four star, five high five star wide receivers. Yeah, and I, I don't real quick. I don't think the the type of offense, the style of offense, is going to just make every receiver in the world go. Yeah, I really want to play in that offense, but it is it, it's going to be good for you know uh, getting guys that fit the system. And, and that's what you have to remember on, on that. And there's going to be some guys like Carmelo English is one right now. He's a highly rated guy. You know, there's going to be guys like that. But every five-star receiver, yeah, I just don't see it for the offense. And they develop receivers at Boise. I mean, I, it, I'm trying to think yeah. of, you know what I mean? They they 100% develop receivers and put them in the lead um, from Boise. And I, I'll have some more on that on the next podcast. Yeah. Johnny Kimbrough wants to know, what happened to Zeke Walker? I don't know. What happened to him? I think he has a breakout year. Yeah. Um, oh, 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 we didn't mention him earlier. I think I think that's what he's asking, Johnny. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, we didn't mention him. Okay, we're, we're, yeah. we're big fans of Zeke. I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Zeke Walker. Have been since he showed up. I'm just waiting on him to – I really think this is his year right here. I, I've written that. I've said that a few times. I think this is his year to break out and have a big one. Yeah, I think he's going to be the number one backup behind both Marcus Harris and Kobe Wooden. I think he's going to get a ton of snaps this year as a rotational piece and has a chance to be a really good starter next year. JP, this is for 2024 for Prentice Nolan. Intel shit, man. Let me tell you, Auburn, that's another good reason why Auburn's hitting that Langston Hughes hard this year. Um, they've got yeah. Joshua Horton. They've got Jelani Thurman, both coming in for official visits Friday week. Uh, Terrence Love's already committed. Prentice Nolan is the four- or five-star quarterback in 2024. So getting those guys on board. I still think it's going to be tough. He's just He's gotten so much national attention. I mean, this kid can go anywhere he wants to go. Uh, yeah, but he's, he's Auburn's certainly going to be in the mix there on his recruitment. Yeah, it, it might be interesting to, if if they get Brock Glenn. Who knows? It, it could shake things up a little bit. We'll see what happens. Uh, hey, uh, who was it? Sammy, we appreciate you, man. Sammy says great content, fellas. Let's move on. Did the needle move? This is a good one right here, Cam. Did the needle move for the big old lineman from Aniston? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I, I talked to uh, Raquez McKeldery. Always be McElderry to me. <laughs> talked to him Sunday when he left. And got to talk to his family a little bit. And this dude was blown away. And not only did he say the right things in uh, in, in the story, but his mannerisms, his he was so genuine, his body language and everything pointed towards a flip. It really does. Now, don't get me wrong. He's got to go to Georgia in two weeks. But, you know, I thought it was pretty telling that he said, you know, my parents or my mom, uh, you know, they're already saying War Eagle, my brother, my little brother who was running around uh, beating up on the Auburn staff there. I mean, he's like four or five years old running around throwing blows. <laughs> uh, you know, he didn't want to leave. They had a blast. He was the only official visitor in, uh, on camp. Dude, they pulled out the entire staff. I mean, yeah. it was yeah. it was full red carpet treatment for, uh, for Rock West, and I absolutely think they moved the needle on him and his recruitment. I <sighs> I, I, I'm, I don't even – I think it's okay. I, I'm not really worried about Jim going to Georgia. I think I think that needle might have moved and it ain't coming back. 
So we'll see. Anyways, all right, JP, which game do you think is going to be the major recruit visit game? Penn State, no doubt. Penn State. Yeah, no doubt. Penn State and LSU. Not having an Iron Bowl kind of sucks, you know, for Auburn with the recruiting. When is the LSU game? I think it's going to be at night. That's I think the early intel is it's going to be at night. So I think those are going to be your big games. You're going to be LSU. Is that October? Uh, Yes. Uh, First weekend of October. Weekend, yeah. Okay, so you've got Penn State early in the season and Penn State uh, LSU right after the, the the middle two weeks after Penn State, I believe. And listen, you're going to want to get as many kids on campus as quickly as possible, just in case, right? Oh, sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, um, so yeah, how many wins does Auburn need to take the heat off of Harson? Seven, eight, seven, yeah. eight. Anything less than that, he might be in trouble. And I don't mean trouble as in fire. I'm not, the, the the fans will. It's not good enough. No. There will be heat. There will be heat if he kills six and six this year. There will be heat. All right, let's see what we've got here. Uh, seven fifty. All right, we'll, we'll hit. Let's lighten around. Will Auburn lose the O line next year from this year? Jay Head Cole. What do y'all think? Absolutely. Yeah. All, yeah. Of, <laughs> all, of, them. all of them. It's six guys, and that came out in the story that you guys just wrote on Brockwell's, where they were showing him like, "Hey, these guys are going to absolutely be gone next year. We're going to have." Yeah. You know, we're losing six guys to graduation. We have this many spots open. So, yes, I mean, you're looking at – I think the only person that's eligible to return that's going to be in the starting five is Keandre Jones, and everybody else is set to graduate. Zaire. Killian and, Zaire. And I think, yeah, I think Zaire Which, may be able to return. I, I don't know if they're even counting on him to come back. They think he's possibly a pro guy. I mean, they think he could be that guy. So, not 100% counting on him to come back, but he could come back. Okay. I think that's going to catch us up, man. Uh, Felix, great call tonight. Great questions, JP. Great questions. Uh, T-Dub, great questions. Russell, we appreciate y'all. We appreciate all the listeners. We want to say we're going to have a shrivel pod on Thursday. Our podcast is going to be on Thursday afternoon. Lots to talk about that we didn't really get to. We got the five official visitors coming in here this weekend. Jaden Osbury, Keon Brown, on four-star wide receiver, Jamal Jarrett and Jafrard and Brock Glenn. You got the Juco guy coming in. All the, the, the signees from the 2022 class are in, except for Keontae Scott, who's expected a little later. So a lot to go into a little bit more detailed on Thursday. Uh, and if you have missed – if you came into this show a little late and you think you might have heard a, a missed a question or something, you can go back, I think, immediately after we get off of here and rewatch yeah. this show and, yeah. and listen yeah. to it. But we, we certainly appreciate, all, appreciate everybody, man. We love doing this, and uh, we're glad we can incorporate you guys into the uh, – into the show check out auburn live on three if uh it's certainly check out the uh, the shrivel pod coming up on thursday for jay head for cole zach we appreciate you big dog being a fantastic man we really appreciate you yep. zach mackinnell also known <laughs> as mckinnell um anyway check us out on thursday man and in the meantime stay out of the left lane see you